Welcome to the Black Top Pulpit. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Andrew. I'm the pastor of the church at Sunsite. I'm here with two of our church members, Ken Duffy, and we are at we are at Duffy's Casa on Duffy Place, right outside of Douglas and and PA, one of our other church members. And uh, well, yeah. We're, yeah, you, you guys just take it away. As it was my sermon, so you guys get to run this episode. <laughs> Everybody needs to know that 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 Patrol Agent Duffy has like twelve spare bedrooms and a beautiful view. So I'm moving in. It's really pretty out here. He's like, no, I get it. And he's got steak every Tuesday morning. That's yep. true. <laughs> More and than coffee. that, huevos y carne. Yes. <laughs> what he said. Way to do it. Yeah. yeah. What, what what's said. what's that other Spanish word? Yum. <laughs> no, we appreciate you, uh, Mr. Duffy. This is not my pleasure. Good, different. This is. I needed this. I was just telling him, Pastor, it, it, that sometimes I get a little. I guess it's not overwhelmed, is it? Okay, I get sure. a little overwhelmed with. It's like I spent a month down with the leg, and then my boy comes out and do the video, and I'm another week behind now, and I got a thousand things that I need to be doing at home right now. Yeah. But you know what? I also realized, sitting next to this crazy young man, our pastor, that, that this has probably got to be reprioritized into doing what I need to do for my spirit so mm. I can take care of my life. Mm. Mm. And do silly things like, you know what? I remember one time, Pastor, we were having this black top pulpit thing, and somebody said, nah, I ain't going to be there because i got to go do something crazy like spend time with my wife and family. Who, Who was that? that? Who did that? Who did that? Who did that? So I'm learning from you. That's awesome. Yep. And no, I'm not the oldest one here. <laughs> Emma? I am. That's wisdom, PA. That's a, that's a proud title to hold. You, know? you get to age, you're, you're growing points. That's all. Uh, I got a good point. I just keep a hat on so nobody will see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's the passage from Sunday. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, let's go because this is beautiful, uh, man. So this is oh, uh, please. First Corinthians, please. First Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 5, let a man regard us, Paul, the, the apostles, mm-hmm. Sosthenes, uh, probably every preacher who's building upon the foundation of the gospel. Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Yeah. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. For I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. But the one who examines me is the Lord. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's heart. And then each man's praise will come from God. Hmm. All right. What version do you read? That was a NASB. 1995 NASB. <laughs> I got a 95 Chevy. Is it somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where were we? Ezekiel, what? Matthew, what? <laughs> no, see, where were we? I'm serious. First Corinthians. That's four.
let, let's. <laughs> it's it's exasperate. It really is because it's like we read scriptures to get closer to Daddy. We read scriptures to get better at trying to become closer to Daddy. And I read this, and it's like, did we not just have this talk not even an hour ago alone in the truck? Pastor's like, where am I? Where I don't. It's the Lord Himself who examined me and decides. So it's like it doesn't matter. But why do we base our entire existence on what other people will think when we don't do that? We've got it backwards. And I hate to be as real as I can get, but let's just be as real. I mean, for jobs, for work, for life, to, to attract a wife, we try and, and do so many things and use and base so many people's lives and their spiritualities completely based on what other humans think. Mm. And this scripture is absolutely beautiful and priceless to, to, to alleviate that. Mm. I mean, I needed to read it. I bet at nickel I've read it once before, maybe. But it's like... It, it. So look at the pause in the mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of his family. Now a person who's put in charge of his family. <laughs> That's a really good copy. Okay, here, 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 I was trying to find it. This is a great okay, copy today, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, 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 it? Ken's coffee with the prescription. Just saying. Okay. But it says, verse 3, here it is, As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. Okay. I'm giving you both permission to take this Bible and just shove it into my head. Beat me with it. Because, didn't I just say... Don't, don't you have a beating Bible somewhere? Do you have a <laughs> of them hard back has a Bible thumper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's like, can't, why can't I beat that into my head, guys? I've been doing this for just a year or two. Why can't I beat this into my head? It's a. It's I told a, you like, this yeah. morning. I'm well, like, it's, it's a difficult one because, man, yeah. we all we all like to be liked. Mm. That's everybody likes to be liked, um, but that can't be our motivation for living or. Our entire life will be identity politics, and we can't right. we can't do that. That's, yeah. that's that's no way to live. That's hell, <laughs> you know. And I think it's it's pretty obvious too. The uh, the the more faithful you are with the text, the less liked you are, and not because you oh, try to be this. Well, unless unless your church family just loves the word of God. That's true. You know? Yeah, I'm, but speaking in a general like yeah, like, but I get that. Sense, gotcha. You know? Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I get yeah, that. Good, good healthy growing church absolutely like we thrive on that yeah. but there are so many um same problem happening as we're reading here like this 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 you know dividing and and judging and, and not liking certain people's teachings over the other um that that still happens today the same problem carries out today but it, it's it's the faithfulness seems to lean towards um those who are faithful are disliked by a majority because the gospel uh, is a, I mean, from a, a simple standpoint, is a, is a straightforward message, but it, it is offensive. And, and it, it is very clearly when we proclaim the gospel, it is telling people God is holy, we are not. Mm -hmm. We are rebels. Right. God is perfect. You know, we're sinners. Man, you tell people that they are sinners today. It's, they don't like it's it. A judgment. It's a judgment against all of us. The gospel is a judgment in part. It's also message of hope and restoration yeah and, and yeah. you have to deliver that whole thing which um uh, i don't know how quick we get into this what was the the uh the verse that 
we, talk, we talked about this being a gospel issue in our day specifically with things like critical race theory that you, like you brought up on Sunday. So yeah. We, so we, we talked about you talked about that specifically, and it was a it was a great correlation because this is a gospel issue, and I I don't like to use that term too loosely because it's a very popular term. Gospel is a gospel right. issue. It is a gospel issue because everything is technically a gospel issue. <laughs> yeah, they just don't want to hear. But this is not like a worldly thing we're addressing uh, when when looking at you know the, the foundations that you build on. Um, this is this is a, a problem that's infecting the church. And and they're not compatible. Right. Uh, and early on, I I was pleading with people, warning people, like this is this is going to destroy churches. Um, this this racist, just hateful, and hate driven ideology is going to get into churches and destroy them because it is not compatible. You can't with the gospel. You can't no. work it together. One negates the other. Right. Um, and, and and that's where, like when when we're Listening to this, this this sermon this week, I was yeah. I was like, man, this is this is this is real and serious, and um, this is very applicable for our for our day today. Like we are facing brothers and sisters who are going yeah. to get destroyed by this 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 false teaching. So, Kathy Duffy to the rescue. No kidding. Right? <laughs> if I'm going to talk about the sermon, <laughs> you, should, you should have your, you should have the sermon notes. Notes. <laughs> Supposed to take notes. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I just—it it just seems like how time appropriate this section of Corinthians is because how many people are looking at basing their fundamental value on what other people think mm-hmm. or other politicians or anybody for that matter—they're more concerned about what other people think than what our Father thinks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, frightening. Yeah, yeah, it is frightening, um, and I guess like it's like mob mentality, right? Uh. Uh, which is a worldly a worldly way of approaching anything. As if if a certain group of people think this certain thing, huh, dude? I need to know. A certain group of people think a certain thing morally or whatever. And you don't fit into that. You're kind of ostracized from society. Mm. And so we see an immediate benefit to to convincing ourselves that mob mentality is the correct mentality. Right? Instant gratification, yeah, instant result. Yeah, that's tri- tribalism. Um, that's, uh, that's denominationalism. That's mm. why we have different denominations mm. uh, of churches. Uh, that is why uh, we identify more with a particular group. And so we, we live in a conservative area. And so even if, even if we don't know the reasoning behind it, people living around conservative people are going to tend toward conservatism because right. that's how you fit in. And people living in more liberal cities yeah. Yeah. or communities, they're going to tend toward liberalism. Why? Because that's how you fit in. Mm. Uh, and if you notice, like this is psychological for us, the more you're around someone, the more you start to act like that person because, it, sure. <laughs> you know, um, and we do that automatically. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. You know, um, Christians, and I'm in a conversation right now on Facebook where somebody had never, I guess, never heard the idea or thought that Jesus was teaching in Matthew 24 that the world was going to flood again because people mm-hmm. are going to be like they were in the days right. of in the days of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the days of Noah. 
And it's like, no, Jesus was teaching it did flood. People will be like they were then right. when Christ comes in judgment. Again, right. the judgment Christ right. is talking about in Matthew 24, I think, is AD 70. Right, mm-hmm. that particular judgment, the tribulation time mm-hmm. when somebody would present himself as the Lord God in the temple, and somebody did do that. Yep. Right, uh, sure Jesus is. wasn't wrong; he wasn't lying. And then they, and they said, "Doesn't the Bible say that uh, a bunch of uh, like the Christians in the world, like they're all just going to mis- mysteriously disappear, and at some point in the future?" And you just have to be honest at that point and say, "No, the Bible actually never teaches that." Right. Yeah. Um, that's part of this tribe mentality. That's a result of tribe mentality. You think that because you're taught that, and that's how you fit in by having that kind of doctrine, even though it's not actually in the Bible. Pastor, I would say that's that's a hundred percent of this social mess we're into. People are truly basing everything on stuff they were taught that just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You know, it was business. It was money. It was school. Yeah. Hmm. Because we all want to be in the the. The, the popular type of thinking and I mean goodness ideally we, we get to a, a popular teaching that's accurate that's the goal I, ideally <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great and then there would be great unity in the churches and well. you know what I, I, um, it stretches me back to something as well too it's like some of the most times of growth spiritual growth personal growth um, a growth that mattered in my life is when I heard things that I didn't want to hear. Mm. When I had, I had a gentleman right. come up to me. Lives in the valley out here. I love him desperately, but he walked up to me a few years ago and he said, "PA, you're fat." Mm. I mean, he got in my nose. But you know what? And you would think if someone walks up to you and says, "You're fat," that you just want to punch him. But you know what? I could tell there was love in his eyes, yep. and I could tell that the gospel was in his heart. Yeah. And basically, he saved my life because I was at 300 pounds, you know, and that's just a couple pounds ago. So it's like things, sometimes we have to understand or somehow or another get the, our, our fellow believers in church to understand that there's things in this Bible that we do not want to hear. And I'm one of them. There's all kinds of stuff in here I want. It says not, you know, not good for us. And I don't want to hear it. But the thing about it is, is I've gotten to the point where I need to hear it. I may not want to hear it. I can even go one further. It's not only the fact that I need to hear it, but I need to hear it so I can be a better brother to you, Kim, yeah, and right. be a better constituent to you, Andrew, and to be a better friend through Christ to anybody. But the only way I'm going to get there is by hearing and doing stuff that's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about looking to the Bible and reading stuff that doesn't quite fit with your viewpoint. Oh so boy, oh a couple boy. years ago, I came I came to the book oh of boy. Revelation because we were going to start studying the book of Revelation. So I, I came to the book of Revelation with with all the baggage that I was bringing with me. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, I would have identified as a historic premillennialist, right? As I start really studying the book of Revelation, working through it, doing exegesis, and none of it was lining up with what I thought. And I was like... I think I said it out loud. Like I was looking at the book of Revelation. I was like, crap. (laughs) This doesn't fit what I already think. So Mm -hmm. I could either, two options, twist the text to make it say what I want it to say Mm -hmm. or try my best to follow the text. And now I no longer identify as premillennial, right? Because, Because I resolved, no, I don't want to twist this. I want to legitimately try to follow the text where it goes. 
and uh, oh. and I'm still doing that. Like I still haven't yeah. landed. I'm just trying sure. to follow the text, um, which but is I, a big yeah, a, a big topic because it's. Unfortunately, very divisive in our generation. I know. Oh, so it's, I know. Like, it's like this is almost like leaving another religion <laughs> these days. And, Can and I have that church, thought, brother? Exactly. You know, Seriously. A lot of these, a lot of these churches that are pre-mill, overwhelmingly, and, and you leave that, it's like you've become a state. I'm like, good night. Hold on a second. So let's let's talk a little bit because we're not we're not denying the the divinity of Jesus here. Or right, it's right. not divinity. It's, still, it's like, not another gospel being presented. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, and it is very interesting. And then to date, over the past two years, most people who have a problem with me have a problem with me on that basis. Yeah. And it's like, guys, I've literally just been trying to follow the text of scripture, and that's. That's what you're complaining about, that I'm actually trying to be faithful to the text, which is really aggravating, especially mm. when you're trying to relate to people who claim to be Christians. Sure. Yeah. sure. And then having the ability, the clear ability to defend that position, like, ooh, um, ooh, ooh, I ooh, mean, that's, that's, that, that's something where it's like, okay, I, I could see if we start going off in some like really new um, kind of interpretation of, of the text, but if you maintain a consistent hermeneutic, like, you naturally, like you said, you naturally get to a, a position, and and that's that that's the problem that we're having is like the the differing views. If if, if you arrive at no matter what it is, mm. like sola scriptura, right? Like like we go to the Bible, the Bible informs our thoughts, and whatever the Bible says, we believe. And if we don't believe it, we have the problem, and we need to fix it. Yeah, right. And, and that's the, and that's that's a really yeah, important right. thing for Christians to be doing. Yeah, and there's a a a hermeneutic. Um, out there, uh, Kevin Van Heusen is a proponent of this hermeneutic, and it is uh, called the Theological Interpretation of Scripture, TIS, mm, right. which means uh, you read Scripture. They, they point out nobody, nobody comes to the text of Scripture in an unbiased way, which is absolutely true. Everybody comes to the text of Scripture biased, uh, growing up, learning what what they have learned, growing up, learning what we have learned, and then uh, coming up with our own ideas You know, in the process. And uh, he says, uh, but that's actually a good way to interpret the text of Scripture, is to basically start with your theology. So me, being Reformed and being a Calvinist, I start with Tulip and then try to read the Bible in light of that doctrine that's already developed, uh, which is not the way I think the Bible ought to be read. If we read the Bible like that, never will we change. Now, our doctrine will always inform our reading of the text. We can't get away from that, right? right? But we should try as much as we can to read the Bible as naked as possible. Not like we're wearing nothing, but like mm-hmm. look at the text for what it is. And there are things that even right. even though we come to Scripture with the baggage that we come to Scripture with, there are things that are like, well, that clearly doesn't fit the baggage I bring to the table. How do I need to rethink this? And then we go through the, the hard work of rethinking things. The problem is, yeah, yeah, the problem is people don't like the pain of, change there are two there There you go there there are two there are two kinds of pain in the world right the pain of change and the pain of staying the same choose which one is better (laughs) you know yeah it's yeah it's it's deciding to use the willpower that father god gave us Mm. because we all have it we all have it if i if i can lose a couple pounds we all have that willpower we really really do and it's like getting to that point to where okay someone walks up to you and says you're fat and it's the truth. You've got to realize it's just like the gospel. Did you just say the word will? 
Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is he? Will. Where's Will? Will who's, who's Will? We used to keep shooting at this poor guy named Will. Every time we get to shoot, and they'd say, fire at Will. And we are like, where's Will? Where's like, Will? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you again. <laughs> Do uh, it. Oh, oh, I, hey, here we go. Here we go. I like this. Um, when, I, when I write... When I write and when I quote people in, in their sermons, I don't typically do it, but but like just really good point, and and it speaks volumes to what we're talking about. Now, obviously, you're um, leaning towards the pastorate, which um, this applies in concept to everyone. But yep. you said, "I'm a slave of Christ for His pleasure, oh, um, oh. and the congregation's good, not the congregation's pleasure," and and. Uh, Simple approaches like that, it are affect like our our willingness to just believe what we read and mm. be have our minds mm-hmm. transformed. Yeah, because we want God to be pleased yeah. Yeah. and to have and, and to receive pleasure in in what we proclaim. Right, and and how we serve. Yeah, my, yeah. My ultimate goal is for at the at the end of my journey on this earth and and the beginning of my journey in the resurrection for God to say, "Well done, my good and faithful oh, servant." That's oh, how many that's, dreams have you had with that in it? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I want to hear that so bad. Yeah, and and it that's a slightly no, that's a pretty nerve wracking thought too because when thinking about the judgment, um, <sighs> knowing that like our everything that we built that wasn't. Um, that wasn't good will be burned up. I'm wondering, like, from a from a, a general perspective, I want to say, you know, I feel like all Christians are going to be, you know, told, well done, good and faithful servant. But then I worked through that. I'm like, but then you did better than him. No, 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 no. I don't think it'll be like that. <laughs> I don't think it'll be like that. How's it going to work? Are we all going to hear that? Or are we going to get some chastisement? Well, Paul, Paul did say in in the previous passage, the passage we were in last Sunday, right? Um, in that passage, Paul did say, "Was that last Sunday? or Was that the Sunday before?" Yes, I don't passage. recall. Yes, well, it, it all it all runs together for me after a while. <laughs> but, but he but he was saying uh, he was saying we are one. Every preacher is one, doing, doing exactly the same work. The same destination That's is there, yeah. but each one will earn his reward. Will earn his heavenly paycheck, and so some will be paid more than others yeah. by grace, of course. Um, just depending on, and, and it doesn't depend on how much we produce. It depends on how faithful we are to doing what God has called us to do, and that's how He pays us. Did you do the work I mm. called you to do, and did you do it faithfully? Did you mm. work hard at preaching and teaching? You know, I, I remember having that discussion. So, so I don't, so I don't have time. to, so I don't have to worry since my ministry isn't as big as John MacArthur's, and <laughs> 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 probably never will be. Well, God, God has, God has called me to be faithful to what He has called me to do, not to produce as much as possible. And, and then the rub's going to be when we get there. It's like, hey man, come over to my place. <laughs> it's like all of our is everyone else's in the yeah, right? It. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's like, oh, cool. All right, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of with, with with that line of thinking. I almost kind of think that doesn't that somewhat coincide just a wee bit with the with the woman with three three dollars only. Three oh, yeah. singles? So it's like she gave mm, all it. that she had. That's perfect. But it was yeah. nothing. We've got more than that in our pockets right now, you know. And we're all married. So it's like at at this point, I think it's more about not just what you do, but how, just like you just said, how you do it for him. But how many people see? So many people are being taught 
and being raised up in a church or in a spiritual manner to where do what makes you happy. Mm. And they're all getting on that wrong foundation of, mm. of, of self-pleasure. Even Eden though it's not yeah. used the term Big of self-pleasure. Yeah. But right now it's like, what about me? I mean, my brother he looked me square and I says, what about me? What about me? What about me? And I said, it's not about you. And that shut him up. Yeah. It was a miracle it's, from God, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that's it. Well, we, I, we've got to get away from yeah. that. Well, and we live, we live in a time, too. Uh, parents and grandparents are teaching their children explicitly or implicitly that all of life is about them. Right. Catering to their preferences, making sure they have everything they want, making sure they can provide everything for their children. And I found myself just the other day kneeling to Elijah and saying, son... I want to teach you that life is not about you. And he, he like, because he's three years old, right? right? That's and all of a sudden he's like, not me. Like there was a sense of purpose that looked like it overcame him. Like, oh, I, okay, I got you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and it does. It, that's what provides meaning in life, recognizing that it's not about us. If all we're doing is selfishly gaining for ourselves if we're all we're interested in is sordid gain the, the love that's of money horrible, and property man. and whatever there's no fulfillment in that there's no meaning in that that's yeah it's it's the wind it's here today and gone tomorrow but if we live for others man there's meaning in that right and here's a popular teaching um for for parents and and this is this is just adopting the culture on accident right yeah. because we have seemingly limitless you know potential here in america and we teach our kids, and I had to correct this one early on, be whatever you want. You could, you could do and accomplish whatever you put your mind to. And, a, and the mentality there is... It's is American dream. Yeah. It's like, hold on a second. No, you can't do and be whatever you want. Pursue Jesus and whatever plans he has for you, and that will come to be. See, th- yeah. just... Get a really loud megaphone and say that to the whole planet, Ken. Because that's exactly that's what we're trying to do. Black top pulpit. (laughs) What he just said. What he just said. What he just said. That's so true, though, Ken. It's yeah. Because you know what? I I was raised with that. You can do whatever you want, honey. You know. It reminds me me of of one of. It reminds me of one of my favorite scenes in the in the movie Zootopia. Oh, yeah, it's like a cartoon okay. movie where where the fox, uh, you know, he's he's conning people out of their money and <laughs> and it, he, really? this uh, this little rabbit thing. I don't I don't know what it is. It's not a rabbit. Maybe it's a rat. I don't know. Uh, maybe they did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> but he's pretending to be this fox's kid, which okay, so that doesn't make sense, right? But then they go into this uh, uh, popsicle <laughs> shop for elephants and so the, the popsicles are huge and they're giving them to elephants and the little baby's dressed up like an elephant and the dad's like what you're gonna judge my my son for wanting to be an elephant when he grows up that's about the culture we live in right it is it really is yeah. oh. <laughs> and I'm there's no limits to that anymore and again i don't want to get too <laughs> i was talking to my i was talking right. to my boys the other day okay this is why i bring up because we're talking about being what you want to be yeah um my my little, my younger son came in. He's like, Dad, Andrew, not this Andrew. Little <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew said I was a girl, or he called me a girl, and and I I had to look at him. And this was like a, a moment of like sadness in me. Like, well, you tell him 
boys can't be girls. And I'm like, holy Wait cow. a minute. Like, that's a, that's that's a real issue. That it is a real about. issue. I have yeah. to teach my sons, like, you're going to be taught differently. You How frightening is that, Ken? Different than what you are and what God created you. And and how is it? Normally, it'd be a little like punch. I hear girl, you know, and uh-huh. the kids would razz each other. That's not what we're having anymore. No, <laughs> no. You can't you can't playfully make fun of anybody now because it's offensive. So okay, I gotta ask this question for, and then then I'll promise to be quiet. <laughs> is, is this, don't do that. I don't. I don't promise to be quiet. Isn't this offensive? Oh, always. Yeah. That's why people don't like it. It's been canceled. And that, and, well, that's the thing. People, if you offend me, you're wrong. I don't think so. I got it. I'm keeping my mouth quiet and nice and dumb. But it's like, if you're offended, I'm sorry. That has no juxtaposed on me. I love Jesus. This is my Bible. Yep. You know, this well, if, is, if, 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 if I'm doing my best to speak a truth, right, it won't be. And right. to, and to mm. bear true witness. To God and who God is and what God is doing, and that offends people. That's on them. If I am being malicious and I offend someone, then that's on me. Which right. happens a lot, it, generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With you. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Ken. Sorry. I need clarity here. If you say if if I do something malicious and it offends me, then it's on them. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm confused. See? If you say something malicious towards someone else and it offends them, that's on you. You've okay. sinned in being malicious. That's, oh, okay, that's okay, bearing okay. false witness. Think, think okay. in mind okay. like, all these protesters where they have That's where I was going, sir. Specs, mm-hmm. you know, like, that, that's just trying to be offensive. It's being unloving. It's being mm-hmm. hateful. It's bearing false testimony. Um, you, you don't go out there provoking people to, to hatred and, 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 and to, to want to be despised. You know, that that's... That's an unloving message. Mm. You know, there there are truths behind it that you can you get into. Mm. Um, that that's where, like, I don't want to say the delivery. It's a heart. It's the mm. heart of, of what you're proclaiming. Yep. The truth that you're preaching. Well, I'm broken then. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, there's something I wanted to to get at. I, I have to I have to remember what it was. <laughs> that's <laughs> where uh, uh, me passed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, the the incoherence I see in the popular worldview of our society, uh, particularly of Western culture, is people say, on one hand, um, you need to be who you were born to be, right? I was born this way. That's part of the argument. And then part of the same argument was, but I need to change in order to be the way I was born. Hmm. What? Right? Hmm. I need I need to change my physical appearance. I need to change my hormones. I need to change my genetics. I need yeah. to change my parts in order to, to be who I was born to be. Ah. Do, you, do you hear the incoherence? And that's just the basic assertion coming from from pop society today. People are living contradictions. So maybe um, they don't if, know if, what they were born into then, do they? I guess not. Like, like you want to be the way you were born, you don't have to change to do that. Right. Yet society has so persuaded people that they need to change in order to be the way they were really born. There was a cover of Time Magazine here recently, and it said, <laughs> now I'm fully who I am, or yeah, something yes, like yeah, that, and it was yeah. a transgender, right? Yeah. And it was like, y'all, Really? We're all fully who we are, <laughs> and that's a sinful wretch. Okay, let's go. Let's move on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yeah. 
you know, it's it's. <laughs> if people would embrace it, it, what they actually you. really were. Right. But, but you know what? We wouldn't if have to you, change ourselves. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, contentment means you're free not to have to change for exactly. the world. Exactly. And how refreshing now is the Christian message? This is this is new news to people now. They, yeah. they haven't heard this before. Yeah. Um, we've, we've come so far around that now the gospel is going to be fresh. Right? And it's like, yeah, you don't realize you don't actually have to change for the world like you're trying to change. Right. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to try to fit into these categories that, that the world has created for you. Right? Mm, um, uh, you don't have good. to do that. You are, you are free, and Christ is who makes you free. Um, the generation that hated labels growing up is now creating labels for everyone else. And it's like, you, oh, you don't yeah, have to yeah, fit into yeah, those yeah. categories. Yeah. Stop letting society define who you are. And really be what you were born to be like that's our message now which sounds it sounds really progressive but really it's what we've always been teaching (laughs) you know (laughs) i was born to be a warrior for my father my heavenly father that's over and and yeah i I know i know my military mindset's got me all a little goofed up but it's like it, it, it yeah no i just no, I can't, I can't handle seeing people destroy what it is they don't know that they need. Their own towns, their own cultures, their own lifestyles, their own everything, and they're destroying right. them. Yeah. Well, our and entire culture is regressing. That's um, frightening, and, Ken. And, and I'm really hoping that faithful Christians mm-hmm. really oppose everything this regression because it's 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 not going back to like a different preference. No, like we're regressing back into like really dark, sinful. Uh, mindset. Yeah. Well, that's that's what social justice is doing, and mm-hmm. identity politics, and and whatever. That's all. All that is accomplishing, taking us back two hundred years, two yeah. times of oppression, right? Like exactly. real oppression. Yeah. And it's it's just like I don't know if like I said this before on the show. Like my argument is, come on, guys, it's the twenty first century. Can we can we move beyond this? You're yeah. taking trying to take us back two hundred years. Can we move forward? It's just, it's, it's like it's weird that me as a as a Hyper, like very conservative Christian, fundamental, and in many regards, I'm the one saying, "Can we move into the 21st century?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, right. like, it's just so bizarre that this is the world we now live in, yeah. but that the conservatives are the ones trying to advance society past all this oppression and, and junk. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it's almost like we've gotten, and, and I, I don't, you could look into a lot of areas and, and argue with this, but generally speaking, I mean, we've gotten to such a good point of like conquering these evils. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the Christians speaking into the evils of, of whether it be you know slavery or or sexism and and all these different sins of our past that that the gospel has addressed mm-hmm. and brought us through um, to things that God pleases in this country. And now it's like we it seems like in huge strides we've accomplished all these good things and now they're being destroyed mm-hmm. in the name of like what progressivism but what being that's not progressive it's no. regressivism it's regressivism yeah, it's like yeah. you, you want to go yeah. backwards you want to start you know judging people based off of their appearance and their preferences and, and you want to go back and start you know like like look at what's happening to women like they've accomplished so much mm-hmm. e- equality you know, you know women aren't like everybody told to well and that's off and, and stay in the kitchen and that's right? yeah. and that's the outcome of this whole thing if, yeah. if we draw it out to its natural conclusion and um, we we started drawing legal distinctions between men and women because we wanted to protect women, the weaker vessel, right? Right. We drew distinctions between different colors of skin, right? Oh, because we wanted yeah. to protect minorities. Yeah, 
And now, in this whole push for non-distinction and for social justice and for equity instead of equality, mm-hmm. um, the only the only people who are going to be hurt by this are the minorities. And right? that's, we, that's we take it back two hundred years, and 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 what are we left with? Social Darwinism, survival of the fittest. Again, that is regress. It's not progress. Sure it makes no sense to me. I, I know that I was. I was a little kid in the mm-hmm. 60s in New York City. I remember water fountains for coloreds and for whites. Mm. I remember that. Mm. And I remember, because we were Sicilian, okay, so we weren't white. We were a little dark, and we sure. still got a little, you know, a couple of looks, but we never were discriminated <laughs> against, you know, because... Oh, you're going <laughs> to laugh Sicilian. at what I'm about to say. <laughs> but it's like... I, I, I just, I don't get, they want so much, they wanted separation, or yeah. they didn't want the separation, they wanted unity, and now they're trying to separate themselves again. And I'm not just talking about one particular race, I'm talking about all of them. They all want to have their own individual towers of which, Babel, so Which to is, speak. you know, um, having, having distinguished cultures oh. is not evil. Mm-mm. Having a black church and a white church is not evil. No. Forcing it is right, right. Mm. Um, so, so having those distinctions ding, ding, is not ding. evil. Forcing those distinctions is evil. And on the other side of that, if forcing those distinctions is evil, then forcing integration is also evil. What if a black church just wants to be a black church? Nothing wrong with that. But you start you start forcing distinctions and forcing integration then you are really canceling all culture. That's not respectful of the cultures around you. That. That's straight up disrespectful, dishonoring, um, right. straight up what it is. Now, you talk about all this, uh, you know, the push for um, stuff like affirmative action, uh, mm. retribution Copy. paid Copy. to people. Look, I have, yeah. I have Scottish yeah. and Irish veins. There's a civil war. No. There's, a, there's a civil war <laughs> living in me, okay? <laughs> my ancestors sold my ancestors as slaves. Yes. I, according to the standards, I owe myself retribution. That makes no sense. Right. Give yourself a dollar. None. You know, I yeah. like uh, no. That's, yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> I, I just, I really believe, and and it, it, this is just one of my most beautiful favorite scriptures. As to what I, I don't need to be concerned about what man thinks. Mm. I need to be concerned about what my daddy thinks, my best friend thinks, my brother, my heavenly father, all of the above. I love my God, my Mm -hmm. mind, my personal Savior. That's what's important. I've got to be thinking like that. I can't be thinking like, okay, how can I get this done? Or how can I do this? Or it really is not about me. But how many people are not being taught? Right. I mean, my brother's 67 years old. And he still walks around. He's the quintessential curmudgeon. Mm -hmm. He still walks around. I have to do this for my life. I need to do Mm -hmm. this for me. I need to do this for me. And it's hurting everybody around him. Right. And I, I don't get that, guys. It's like, no. If I feel compelled or, or, or I have to do something for another brother or sister, I do it because I want them to be better. Not me. Mm. Not me at all. I don't. Mm. But, pff, really? I need a good cup of coffee. Got it. I need a great cigar. Got it. And I'm surrounded by Christian brothers that love me. So I'm good. Yeah, oh, talking about the quality. You just reminded me of something. Talking talk about the qualifications for elders. It says not addicted to wine. It didn't say anything about being addicted to coffee. So I'm good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs>
don't I don't do wine because it's got sugar in it. <laughs> but. Can't read into the text. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't add what's not there. That got us into a lot of trouble this past generation. No <laughs> kidding, but man. How. We got, mm, I don't know why I'm going back to this in my head, but I just feel like people aren't really being taught what love is. Yeah, they're not. Well, well they're, I don't. Think. We've replaced. Am the I de- wrong? We've replaced the definition. New definition. Of, yeah, we've replaced. Okay. The All right, love. elaborate, <laughs> guys, because I am old. Well, Teach we're, me. we've replaced the definition of love with the definition of lust, right? And so, love right. is now lust. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, it's about. Self-pleasure, it's about my desires, that's lust. Mm-hmm. It's about how I identify, it's about what what works for me, it's about who I think is pretty. Um, that's what love is, right? Whereas biblical love is self-sacrifice. Yep. So you have self-gratification, culture's definition of love, and self-sacrifice, the Bible's definition of love. And they don't mix. And it complicates it when you change definitions. Yeah. Boy, don't like that. When you hear something like, um, love who you want to love, and it's like, at face value, it's like, yeah, great. Sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> but if you change what love is. Yeah, redefining does a lot of damage. confuses yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why <laughs> when, I, when I use terms, I try to use historic definitions when I use terms. And I don't Ooh. like some of those terms, but I use them anyway because it... Huh? I don't add to confusion if I use terms that are already established. Right. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like before we talk at any time from going forward, maybe we should like read off definitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start off the conversation. Yeah. With, yeah. This is what this word means. <laughs> we're, we're working with this dictionary, so keep it in front of you as you listen to this episode. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, there's, there's all kinds of dictionaries in my house. Yeah. I have to. And I hear terms like this, that, and the other, and I'm like, what does that mean? I have a clue anymore. You don't know what this means? <laughs> what is this? Oh, I'm just man. getting sad because this delicious little stick is almost over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so is our time. So is it? Oh, is it? Oh, good time. Oh, I have to remember that. Mm. One stick. There we go. We're good. Um, That's how we time our episodes. So <laughs> how, however long it takes PA to smoke his cigar. <laughs> I can do it. Okay. <laughs> I'll bring me off a Kristoff next time. They're about that long. Oh, they- <laughs> I, I do love like reiterating like gospel, gospel, gospel. Like yeah, mysteries man. of the gospel. There's um, no like like again interpreting interpreting words. Interpreting. Like, yeah, I like that one. That's, it. <laughs> That's good. Like mysteries. You you don't make that word to be whatever you want. Like we're right. all here is talking about the gospel. It's like mm. and what we're talking about today is about the gospel and, and it's it's it just remains very intriguing that the gospel is simple, mm. but oh, there's man. also so much complexity to it, <laughs> and, and it's not a yeah. it's not a, a contradiction. Dude, you know? simple enough a ten year old can get it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, complex and not complicated, but complex right. enough that it, that I'll take theologians eternity to right. learn everything there is. It's, oh, you know, yeah. it's, right. it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the mysteries of God. Uh, of course, Paul defines that mysteries of God is the gospel, the person and work of Jesus Christ. Right, and uh, I can't, I can't count how many people I have heard reading through the New Testament and saying the term mysteries of the gospel, um, and and saying, "See, it's a mystery. You can't mm-hmm. understand it." Or the mysteries yeah. of God. See, it's a mystery. You just have to take it on blind faith. And it's like that is not at all right. what the New Testament gets at. It defines the mysteries of God. Yep. The gospel, the person and work of Jesus Christ, and the mysteries of God, guess what? 
were fully revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We read that in Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, right? The yeah. full revelation of God right there. And so I was like, when we talk about the mysteries of God, these aren't things that cannot be understood. No. Uh, these aren't things that God is hiding away from people. No, he reveals them to his people. It's the gospel, the person and work of Jesus Christ. If, you, if your faith is in Christ, then you have been made aware of the mysteries of God, and you have right. understood them. It's not, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah, far too often we use this as like um, a way to justify us not having knowledge that has been revealed to us. Like if, right. if something confuses us or... We want to mysticize things because it's maybe at the time beyond us because God unveils different aspects of our understanding even though it's present. You know, like right. you hear oh. time and time again from mature believers, I've read this passage a hundred times over the past ten years and just this week, you know, God opened my eyes yeah. to this. And <laughs> yeah. like, I love that. And that happens to me all the time. Oh, all the time. Oh, it's almost every day. I memorized that passage. <laughs> I didn't understand it fully. Um, yeah. But that, that, that's where like the mystery will I, be used as I read the Bible 37 and times and, and, right. and only in 2019 did God completely shake my worldview. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's great, too. That's why we need each other, too. Yeah, it is. Man. Yeah, we had a guy come into Men's Systematic Theology when it was on Monday nights instead of Tuesday nights. And uh, he shot me a text one night. He's like, eh, it's too difficult. I'm not even going to try to understand it anymore. And he's never been back. And I'm like, you use use difficulty or the fact that God is higher than us as an excuse not to know him. That's bad. Right. That's not good. And people people are like, I just take it on faith. And and it's like, no, faith leads us to want to understand more about God. Faith is not an excuse to remain in our ignorance. Right. <laughs> so, you know, wow. It's not a blind faith. And scripture never, never, faith. never instructs us to have a blind faith. Okay, thank you. Christ- Christianity is a reasonable faith, um, not a blind faith. Yeah. Right. Dear Christian. Please don't evangelize saying you just gotta have faith. Oh, please do not go to the people and say you just gotta have faith. Right. That's well, like that's, saying you just gotta have wings and fly. Yeah, yeah. And that's why that's why the faith. Yeah, that's why yeah, you got growing. Right. It. That's why the apostle Peter instructs us to always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. He doesn't say always be ready to assert the hope that you have. He says always be ready to give a reason, reason. which requires us to. To reason. Okay, that makes sense. And the critical <laughs> thing is, the beginning of that is, is in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That's it. Like, yeah. like you start your defense with honoring and loving Jesus and knowing him. And how do you know him? You you study what he said and with the truth he revealed and you, you, your pursuit of him mm-hmm. and wanting to, to, to defend the faith and proclaim truth is, is mm-hmm. driven by a passion for Christ. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, it's, and so, from that, we can use our inductive reasoning to develop a principle, right? Those who love Christ desire to n- know more about Christ. Mm. Same is true with our spouses. We love our spouses. What? what? We study our spouses. Absolutely. That's it, man. And we never stop. Yeah. Lord, okay. no. What we love, we desire to know more about. You love riding a motorcycle? You're going to no, learn more about motorcycles. That's right. You love guns. You're going to learn about guns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you love to garden. What are you going to do? Learn about gardening, right? That's what we do with the things we love. We love Christ. We desire to know more about him and what he is doing. Ergo, if someone has no desire to know more about Christ and what Christ is doing, that person does not love Christ. Right. 
that does not bode well concerning eternal life. Right. With regard to eternal life. Yep. That's deep. Which is why you need to get into a local church, y'all. <laughs> and there happens to be one up in Sunsite. Oh, yeah, how about that? <laughs> it's simple to remember, too. It's the church at Sunsite. Oh, <laughs> there, there you go. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, Growth being so key. I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> and no, no, I don't mean a self-gratification kind of love. I I mean, I would die for you, man. That's what I... Yeah, I mean that. I don't just throw that term around. That's why I love it here. It's mm-hmm. reciprocal. Yeah. It's mutual. Yeah, you can tell when somebody genuinely loves you. Yeah. Yeah. You can. And when his brotherly love, man... Lacking too much in this world, man. That, you I think know what? It's... it's mm, that's... Mm, yes. What, what does that lacking. mean? What does that mean, then, when we say... Love your enemies. Mm. Uh, don't go there. <laughs> is that, does that mean we sacrifice ourselves mm. even for our enemies? Mm-hmm. I mean, Depends. I mean, obviously, maybe not. I'm going to jump in front of a bullet for you. Sure. But to consider them to be more important than us, yep. and to and to say, "Hey, you've done me wrong, but I'm going to honor you anyway." I, I, yeah, I think that's real. Oh, and it's so difficult. It mm-hmm. is. Yep. It's beyond difficult. Yeah. yeah. When when someone practically hates you, yeah. even if they're friendly with you, but you can tell that they deep inside yeah. hate you, mm-hmm. um, and to love those people, uh, it's it's important. It's it's painful, but it's what it's what we were taught, and modeled by by God. You know, yeah. loving loving your enemies, love those who, who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness, like the, the the love that we were shown and oh. our model, you know, Christ showed us in in, in dying for the unrighteous, yeah. the people who were offensive, offenders, um, evil, and needed saving, needed transforming. God God displayed that perfectly, and that's the that's the life we live. To our enemies, you know, yeah. we lay our lives down for the brothers and for the world to show this is this is the love of Christ. Let me let me show you what that is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's it. I just want to see <laughs> Sorry. Can you is say that, that on the air? Yeah, can you say that on the air? I just want to shoot him. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, really. Is it possible to love somebody while I'm looking down a barrel? Yeah, <laughs> boy, you're getting up in my alley there. And right? I, I, I actually think the answer is yes. It is. You know, oh, that it means, is. That but means, it's not the person you're shooting at. Right. Well, that, that you means, love the person back in the United States of America that wants to fly right. that flag. So, so to why. so to the men who who go to war, yes, um, to defend their their countrymen, mm-hmm. their families. What does it mean for someone to to love his enemy as he's looking down the barrel? Mm. Well, that's a hard question. That's difficult. It means you're it means you're not just going to love taking their life for sure. Mm. It means that's the last resort, and and there's no other way to get this to and, accomplish and, and this yeah. for the good of for the good of my neighbor, that's mm. my countrymen. Yeah, and and you've got to come to the point of realizing that. 
you're not doing that for yourself. Right. You are doing that to protect the ideology that's back in your right. own land. Well, and then and then like practicing and then like practicing self defense. I think we all carry, you know. We, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when it comes to like practicing self defense, then the thing that's going to go through our mind is not, oh, I have to safeguard my own life, but instead, this is what's best for the good of everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if it, if, it, if this weren't if this wasn't best for the good of everyone. I wouldn't even take it out, and I'd rather die as a martyr. Right, right, and, and that's that's a tough call too. But yeah. that's but that's Christianity, that's and that decision has to be made in the blink of an eye. Right, yeah, that right. Is, that's the issue. I'm sure you're aware of that. I mean, yeah. that issue, that decision has to be made before you can even breathe out. Mm. It's got to be that quick sometimes. And you know what? You don't really have a choice but to defend yourself. But mm. at times, you also have to aggress. And and that can go contrary to a Christian's beliefs, right. but you've got you just got to remember the mindset that's back at home, that you want to stay that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Peaceful, mm-hmm. following Constitution, following God's laws for that matter. And it's like, yeah. well, and and the Constitution of the United States isn't. It's an easy document to defend because it's based on Christian principles, right. and so it's not hard for Christians to say. No, we're also going to be constitutionalists, right. mm. um, because the Constitution is a document based on biblical principles, biblical truths, and laws. Um, and not many countries have that privilege, but we do. So that's that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. We can be lawful and Christian, which uh, not everyone around the world has that privilege. And we oh, do, so. oh, oh. Yeah, there's still countries that you get killed if carrying a Bible. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there, there's no surprise why. The Constitution is a target today. Right. It wants to be rewritten. Um, it wants to be eliminated by right. many people today, which is terrifying. But you can understand why, because it right. it it promotes a worldview. It promotes a very Christian worldview. God's view, of and they justice. don't like that. Yeah. It's offensive to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love I love too with our Constitution. Um, it, it it shows the founders knew. Like the doctrine of jurisdiction, like the, right. the idea of well, there, there's there's the self, you know, there's the family, there's the government, there's the, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you see these things playing out through the laws that of our land. Um, these can't, these can't, you can't take, um, you can't overlap jurisdictions. If if I've been charged with something, right, um, it's my job. I can't I can't defer it to somebody else. Say I don't really want to parent my kids or. Or you know, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them off to, to somebody else to do the, the discipling because I'm too busy, or, or whatever the reason may be. Um, same thing with justice. You know, like unfortunately, you see a, a lot of Christians today being uh, against the death penalty. Um, government utilizing a sword to affect justice is God's plan for government and and punishing evil. That's, that's God's ordaining of government. It says, this person took a life. The government's job, not the individual, is right. to punish that evil with a sword. That's their jurisdiction. That's why, you know, I wouldn't go off if someone murdered one of my family members. I would want to go and take their life. Yeah. It would be the government's role to right. affect justice there. You, you took a life. You pay a life. That is justice. That is right. God's justice. And, and the government affects that. And we always see things breaking down when those areas of jurisdiction collapse. Right. Or yeah. one overtakes the other. Yeah. yeah, when you see the state encroaching on the church, 
or mm-hmm. the individual encroaching on the state. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Albert wanted me to read this sometime during the episode, so yes. I guess I'll do it now since it's uh, since we're out of time. Albert <laughs> 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 uh, said, "My dear brother, after a prayer, I am led to give our meeting a pass. I will contribute to this discussion. There is no way I am adequate to be an elder. Christ must do it. Mm-hmm. Since I have been an elder, my sins have become more real to me, and I cried to Christ." And thank him daily for life. He said, God bless you. So that, that's, that's it. An that's, there you go. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is pastor material yeah. right there. That, that is an uh, elder of the church. I, 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 you want to you see the heart of somebody. Um, that, that's what Jesus loves. It's yeah. humility instead of boastfulness in, in, in age. That's it. You know, the, the, it, it's two ways. You, you, yeah. you, you age in the world or you age in Christ in the world. Is not humble like that. Right. That's that's so, beautiful. So. And you know what? It, it, it's it boggles my mind. I don't have any idea what Sergeant Kester went through, but I know what he did. I know what his job title was, hmm. and for, to have that in Vietnam and still come out hmm. through that and love the Lord like he loves the Lord. Hmm. You guys, that that that's. That is one of those things that you just don't get unless you got it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I can only imagine what he had to go through, mm. you know, to get where he's at now. Sure. And he had rank. So, on top of matters, his responsibilities were, you could have gone ahead and say 100% worldly in his job mm. and what he was doing to combat the enemy forces. But for him to come out on this side of it, and to be as kind a man as he is, man, yeah. I'm so, sorry. It, 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 that's awesome. And, and that's that's all of us saying, Albert, we love you. Yeah, it's you exactly we what love you, man. <laughs> we love you, Gunny. A great example of, of what we want to model as we pursue the Lord. Amen to that. Come to, amen to that. All right. Well, y'all, this, <laughs> this has been Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Be sure to check out the church at sunsites.com. Check out the resources there we provide for you, past sermons and Bible studies, and uh, check out what's going on at the church. We will see you this coming Sunday, Palm Sunday, and Resurrection Sunday. That's it's known to the world as Easter, I Woo! guess. Amen. Uh, but, we, but we don't worship that false goddess we worship our lord and savior jesus christ resurrection sunday we'll go with that we'll see you then uh be sure to pray over the ministries that we're doing be sure to pray for blacktop pulpit and uh, be sure to hit that donate button at the church so we can continue doing the work that we are doing in our community every dollar donated with the notation blacktop pulpit goes to our deacons benevolence fund as our deacons serve the good of our church and community we will catch you guys next time peace <laughs> okay, that water tank.